On the spooktacular second episode in a very special Halloween episode of the Good Buds Ghost Cast, I'll be burning some weed and communicating with the spirits through my Ouija board to bring you uh, not just one, but two stories from the depths of Reddit written by the talented N.M. Brown that I got in contact with on Reddit's own Are No Sleep. This first story is called Halloween, the season where anything is possible. There are only a dozen or more houses on our street, and only two of them are families with children. Chuck Murphy has twin boys named Aaron and Brian. They're seven years old and creepily well-behaved for kids their age. I imagine at one time there was a Mrs. Murphy, but she's certainly nowhere to be found now. Then there's us, the Hall family. My wife Bianca and I have a daughter, Caprice, who's a ten-year-old bundle of curiosity and intelligence. Our not-so-little girl, who just six years ago wanted to be a pink princess for Halloween, is going as a necromancer this year. One hooded cloak, dress, a skull pendant, and dark lipstick later, and she was good to go. We normally went trick-or-treating together with the neighborhood kids, but my girlfriend Bianca is working late at the emergency vet clinic tonight, so I wouldn't have the pleasure of her company. People do some fucked up shit to animals on Halloween, black cats especially. Anyway, Caprice is more than old enough to walk at the front of the group, so I decided to hang back with Chuck and shoot the shit. His boys' costumes were very well put together. Aaron's wearing a vampire cloak, his hair slicked back with what smells like baby oil, and two fangs are perched over his front canines. Brian's wrapped head to toe in tattered gauze, spending his evening as an Egyptian mummy. They get quite the haul with there being only a dozen or so houses on our street. Our weary-footed, sleepy-eyed children trudge back to our houses, bulging bags of candy, dragging a bear trail through the dirt and leaves. It isn't until 7 o'clock the next morning that we hear the screaming. Caprice flies down the stairs from her bedroom, eyes wild with alarm and concern. What's going on? she asks, dismissively running past me and out the front door. Wait! I shout, to no avail. Chuck is screaming in agony on his front yard. Two small broken bodies lay before him. Brian, the smaller of the two, looks like his body was centuries old, tattered scraps of discarded gauze flapped around his dust-infested face. Aaron's body is charred, still smoldering with vile-smelling smoke. Holy shit, Chuck! I scream. What the hell happened here? The acrid smell fills my airways the moment I step onto my front lawn. I run to my daughter's side, trembling next to Chuck's mailbox as her eyes grow wide in horror. They're costumes, Chuck wails. Brian fell asleep in his costume. By the time we tried to take it off this morning, he turned to fucking dust. His blood evaporated right in my hands, Jared. I kneel down to console him, trying to hide the sickening in my gut from the smell. Aaron, he continues, my boy burst into flames the second he went out in the sun. I look to Caprice and Bianca, mortified and heartbroken. Caprice surprisingly steps forward and takes a deep breath. She places her hands on the bodies, impervious to the heat of Aaron's burning flesh. Her eyes turn white and she begins to glow as energy courses through her. She collapses in exhaustion as Brian's brittle bones rise and fall to the ground. I tried, Daddy, but it's too late. She sobs. That was awesome. That's a great story. That was fantastic. It's, uh, you know, like... They're minor, like, typos and stuff like that throughout, but beautifully written, great story, great idea, well executed. I appreciate that one. Um, very different from what I usually read on Reddit, so that's 
refreshing and I love it. The second story today, like I said, will be by the same author, N.M. Brown, and it's titled Seed. This is my mother's first Halloween season without my dad. He passed away unexpectedly at the beginning of February, and they'd been married for most of her adult life. Enough time has passed for her to be able to smile again, but I still worry about her being alone in that empty house, and with her favorite holiday coming up no less. College had taken me out of state during the golden years of my father's life. Love and parenthood had kept me there, eager to settle into a beautiful family life. Kira and I never married. She was too free for that. When she told me that marriage was a meaningless construct, a mere piece of paper, I became worried about losing her. If she couldn't commit to that, I don't know why I thought two kids would have made her stay. So when I found out my dad had died, it wasn't difficult to pack us up and move back home. Mom would need me, and selfishly, I also knew she'd help with the kids. We settled into a nice three-bedroom house that had decent rent about 20 miles from my mom's place. Anyway, back to Halloween. My mother had always loved the season, so I offered to bring the kids over for the evening to stay with her. We could order pizza, watch scary movies, that whole bit. I'll get you whatever snacks you want from the store. We can watch Bride of Reanimator. I know you always had the hots for Jeffrey Combs. Come on, Ma, what do you say? Surprisingly, she adamantly refuses. I'm fine, Jake. I already have a full evening ahead. Not even for wine, chocolate, and combs? I teased. Stop it, she laughed, swatting at me. She started to ramble about the pumpkin that she grew in her garden, saying it would be the best jack-o'-lantern that the world had ever seen. All these summers I've tried to have the pumpkin patch, and all these years I haven't gotten anywhere, barely a single sprout. This year's different though. I didn't get a whole patch, but I was able to grow a single pumpkin. Isn't it gorgeous, Jake? She held the winter squash proudly in the air with both hands, as if offering it to the heavens. It was larger than a pie pumpkin, rounder than a Cinderella pumpkin, but smaller than a jack-o'-lantern. In reality, it looked like more like a mutated potato. The skin was smooth, with a rust-colored vermilion hue. If not for the traces of orange at the top and the bottom, I'd think my mother had lost her mind. Still, she grew it, and I was happy for her. Once she started explaining the slow, patient process of roasting the perfect pumpkin seeds, I politely conceded and promised to leave her to her evening. On the drive home, I couldn't shake the feeling that something was off. I made a mental compromise with myself, deciding to bring the kids by for a quick hello before taking the kids to the neighborhood's fall festival block party. If everything was fine, we'd be on our way. Surely she wouldn't be annoyed once she sees them in their costumes. The kids are in costume when I get home, Jeremy in a shining night outfit while Bella dons a black wedding dress and face paint. We're gonna stop by Grandma's on the way to the big neighborhoods, okay? I think I saw two full-size candy bars sitting on her kitchen table. Wonder who they could be for, and teased. Neither sun nor moon are in sight when we arrived at my mother's house. A perfect state of dusk. Her porch light glistened off the metal witch that sat on the porch. I announced my entrance as I entered the front door, the kids bounding past me to look for their grandmother. An acrid stench curled up my stomach along with the hairs in my nose. It smelled like disturbed earth along with sweet, stale rot. My stomach flipped as my mouth filled with spit in order to purge itself. But my daughter's words stopped the bile midway in my throat. Oh my god, Grams, are you okay? Bella's voice squeaked out against the silence. I ran to them, 
hundreds of fatal scenarios flashing through my mind all at once about what I'll see when I turn the last corner. The silence. The smell. What I saw wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, but it was still very alarming. My mother stood at her kitchen counter, with her back to me, feverishly hacking away at a pumpkin. Flecks of blood speckled her bare feet and the kitchen floor. Each time she drew her arm back, streams of crimson shot from the front of her. Christ, Mom, what happened here? I asked. She turned to us slowly, a hauntingly wide smile on her face. I looked her over quickly, finding no abrasions or even evidence of broken skin. The red liquid was coming from the pumpkin. I bought rare seeds to grow a special type. Pretty cool, huh, kids? She winked at my children, now with wide smiles of their own. No freaking way, Jeremy exclaimed. That's so cool. Language, Jeremy. My mother then turned to me, the smile quickly melting into a scowl as she met my eyes. And you, coming to check on me. What did you think I'd fall and break a hip, Jacob? Her hands wave with emphasis as she speaks at me, covering herself with pumpkin blood splatter. The smile returns to her face as she looks at my son. I swear, kid, you clothe them, feed them, wipe their ass for them, only for them to treat you like a life, life alert commercial. We helped her clean up the rest of the pumpkin guts before heading out. She popped a raw seed into her cheek as she walked us to the door. My face scrunched in unease. I thought you were going to roast them, Mom. How can you eat them plain like that? They will be. I only need this one, she commented before swallowing the seed like a pill. The kids visit most of the houses that participated in the neighborhood fall festival, though there weren't nearly as many as there were last year. Contact fell off with my mother a little while after that. We would call and text intermittently, but each time I told her I'd come by, she told me she wasn't feeling well. I gave her some deserved space and privacy, figuring the sickness may have been mental and not so much the common cold. When she didn't want to get together for the third Sunday dinner in a row, well, that's when I started to worry. I was about to show up randomly for a visit, whether she wanted me to or not, until a voicemail changed my mind. I'd missed the call due to being at work and didn't get to listen to it until I got home later that evening. Jake, it's your mother calling. I've been feeling a lot better lately and I want to make up for the time we've missed. I so miss the kids and yeah, I guess you too, but only a little, she jokes before continuing. I want you to come over with the kids and stay for Christmas. We can have presents and music and food, just like when you were little. I love you. When we arrived, I reeled to see the state my mother was in. The skin across her belly looked stretched and swollen. Her face was drawn, pale and gaunt. After dinner, she joyfully called us around the living room fireplace, saying she had big news. I planted my garden over your father's body. Even from death, she paused, smiling at her growing belly. He was able to give me a seed. Okay, that's creepy as fuck. Uh, that was, yeah, wow. Um, very well done. I'm thoroughly impressed by that. If I wasn't stoned out of my gourd right now, I probably would be, like, very freaked out. Um, that's some amazing writer. Once again, the author of both of these stories is N.M. Brown. They, uh, they asked me to call them that. That is their chosen pen name. Uh, you can find their stories on No Sleep. Uh, they are absolutely fantastic, and I hope they keep posting more in the future. I really appreciate them allowing me to use these for this podcast, and uh, 
I would like to appreciate all of you for coming along this second episode and this Halloween episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. It would be awesome if you could like, comment, subscribe, and share this with your friends, as well as check out our other podcast, The Good Buds Podcast, where we review cannabis strains and we shoot the shit about cannabis news and all kinds of other things. I look forward to seeing you there, and stay spooky, buds.